0: You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. It's Tuesday, January 9th. We're talking some White Sox baseball. We bring in White Sox reporter for MLB.com, Scott Merkin. Happy New Year, Scott. Just over a month or so till pitchers and catchers reporting to spring training. Before we get into looking at the lineup for 2018 and rotation and everything, let's just pause and look at the offseason. From your perspective, have the White Sox, as an organization, accomplished whatever goals they had in place going into this offseason?
1: Well, with, with the nature of the market, I think it's kind of hard for any team to say they've completely accomplished it yet, right? I mean, this this market might be playing out right up until opening day at the end of March there. But for the Sox term, you know, they weren't involved in kind of the big ticket free agents, So the, the development, the slower development of that area doesn't affect them as much. You know, they, they struck right, right away and got a catcher in Wellington Castillo. They got a, a steady force. Not that Omar Narvaez and Kevin Smith didn't do a good job last year, but they got a steady force behind the plate for the next two years, maybe the next three. They have an option for a third year with him, and that gives Zach Collins, their top catching prospect, another guy, Sebby Zavala, who had a great, uh, great year overall in the minors, been a very strong run in the AFL, the Arizona Fall League, it gives them time to develop. There's no rush on these guys, and that's one thing the Sox have been great on this rebuild is kind of not force the issue at all. You know, let these guys really get to the majors when they have the best chance at sticking in the majors, not just having them make a quick appearance just to say, Hey, look, we called up so-and-so and then send them back down the next day. And then of course, recently they made the trade where they got a, a three team trade where they picked up Joachim Soria and Luis Avilan and the bullpen needed, you know, some assistance. They, they kind of gutted the bullpen through the rebuild trades last year. And then Nate Jones, Jake Patriska, and Zach Putnam all had season ending injuries. Uh, Putnam and Patriska were both non-tendered. So there was, there was help needed in that bullpen, despite some good young arms coming back. And Soria and Avilan are both going to help this year. And now in this stage of the rebuild, where they're kind of, you know, still looking for development, but looking kind of towards that next level where they're going to compete, contend, they hope. Both these guys, if they desire, could be back, you know, next year or beyond that. So it's not just kind of a, not necessarily just kind of a sign and flip type of thing. Is like a, a guy like Anthony Swarzak or even Tommy Canley ended up becoming, even uh, Tyler Clippard, who they acquired in a trade and traded like, 10 days later. So guys that can help now and possibly help in the future. So yeah, I'd say overall, they've done a nice job in this off season.
0: Yeah. And I think the fans certainly excited the way the season ended last year, when you actually see, you don't just hear about all these talented young players. You start to see them at the major league level, see them starting to perform and that, allows everyone the fans and everyone a part of the organization to take a deep breath and a lot of positivity going into the offseason um, let's look at the lineup while we're on it now you mentioned Wellington Castillo as an addition uh, last season the White Sox finished 23rd in runs they batted 256 as a team but as you said you know it's a rebuilding time but how do you see the lineup now shaping up in 2018
1: well I think there's still you know there's still some room for some things to change around but you know, a guy like Joan Moncada, who had some very good moments and then had some understandable struggles last year when he came up, he's going to a super talented kid who spent, you know, most of the 17th season as MLB Pipeline's number one prospect, is going to benefit from that, you know, whatever it was, two months he played at the big league level, whatever the numbers were. I, you know, people, fans, you mentioned about seeing those guys there. Fans are just over overtaken by this rebuild. They love this rebuild. I. Some I talked to are already trying to plan out, you know, they have like seven or eight guys who they want Nick Costa to learn the White Sox to draft with their first pick overall next year in, in the 2018 draft. So, you know, I think people that probably did too much trying to read into what Moncada was or wasn't last year. This is the year you're going to see what he really is all about. Cause he's going to get, you know, 600 plate appearances barring something completely unforeseen or injury or struggles, but you have a strong middle of the lineup with Abreu, Avi Garcia and Castillo, you have some flexibility in that you know you probably right now have Anderson and Moncada up top, but both those guys could be run producers. You know Adam Engel, I would say right now, and I don't think it's a stretch the, the statistic, the I'm sorry, stat cast numbers back it up, probably as good as any center fielder, maybe not you know Mike Trout, but right up there in the elite defensive center fielders. But they need him to hit quite a bit more. I mean he hit in the 170 region last year. If he can even hit 230 or 240 with his speed and defense, he's a great asset to have. So. You know, still not a, a lineup that's going to probably strike complete fear into opposing pitchers, but certainly some some good things there. And, you know, the guy like Nicky Delmonico who kind of burst on the scene last year, and he had a great run for most of the time he was at the White Sox. How does he adjust? How does the league adjust to him, and then how does he adjust in his second year? Not a lot of lefty, n- no lefty power bad per se in that lineup. A couple switch hitters, but again, still room to maneuver. But I think, you know, a, a decent force offensively. And, again, based on how these young guys develop to supplement more established guys like Jose Abreu, Avi Garcia, and Wellington Castillo.
0: Yeah, that's nice to have that balance of veteran guys. Sure. Like to show the ropes for some of the younger guys, and they get in a competition. They want to keep getting better themselves, a lot of the younger developing guys. So it's a, it's a neat mix of talent within that lineup. Let's switch over and look at the rotation. Uh, the White Sox allowed the eighth most runs in baseball last season, a 4.78 ERA as a team. So, in terms of looking at the rotation, what do you see as the frontline starters and moving in? Is that something that could be improved on this season?
1: Well, I think the person fans are most excited to see in that rotation is Michael Kopech, and I don't think he will be there when the season starts. I think you know you can look at a, a path traveled by like Ronaldo Lopez or Lucas Giolito last year, and that's kind of what you'll see. I think out of Kopech, he only made three starts for Charlotte last year. At the end of the year, after having a great run with Birmingham, so I would see him getting a you know an extended time in Charlotte, at triple a AAA in the international league there before he comes to the majors. So at the season's outset, you know, you're going to have some young guys who, you know, again, gained some experience last year and had, had a good stint. You know, Lucas Giolito was once the number one pitching prospect in baseball, struggled in Washington, made some mechanics changes that just didn't fit with him, came to Chicago, struggled to Charlotte at the beginning. And then I remember talking to him when he came up and said that you know, he kind of found a spot in Charlotte where he just said, okay, enough worrying about the prospect status and enough worry about what people think. Just go out and pitch. And from that point on, he, things turned around in Charlotte and he had a great run with the Sox. I think it was like a two, three, three year a over seven starts. Carson Palmer, former number one draft pick had a real good 4 start stretch to end the season. And Ronaldo Lopez had some good moments too. So you have those three probably behind, you know, a seasoned veteran in James Shields, who let's face it has struggled since he came to the white Sox, but by changing his arm angles last year, you know, over his last 12, 13 starts was better for them on the mound. They need him to continue to do that. He's a key guy because you need the innings from him because you're going to have young guys in their first full season of the rotation, who they're probably not counting on 200 or so innings across the board. There, the fifth starter right now has kind of up in the air. You know, Dylan Covey understandably was overmatched last year in the major leagues. He was a rule five guy who had barely pitched in double a level. And I think he's probably best suited starting and getting time in the minors. Carlos Rodon is coming off season-ending arthroscopic surgery. In September at that time, they said you know he'd be out six to eight months. I would guess it's, it's, it's a strong possibility he will not start the season with the team. So you can figure they're going to add a couple more veterans to that mix, and it could be through non-roster invite. It could be through a signing. You know, that's still to come. But good young nucleus, but still some work to be done in that rotation.
0: Talking with White Sox reporter for MLB.com, Scott Merkin, and let's transition over to the bullpen now. Looking at that, always a large amount of turnover. Or generally within a team, the bullpen is where you see a lot of turnover from year to year. How do you see the bullpen shaping up going into the season?
1: Well, again, the bullpen because so many guys got traded last year. I, I know if I list them all off, I'm going to miss someone, but there was, you know, Robertson, Canely, Swarzak, Jennings, um, Clippert, I think that might be all of them. And then, like I said, the injuries to Jones, Putnam and Patriska gave a lot of young guys an opportunity. A guy like Gregory Infante, who I think it had been like five or six years since he had pitched in the majors, came in and was great for the White Sox last year during his stint, earning him a chance to come back and, you know, pitch again this year. I think a key thing is Nate Jones, who in mid July had a nerve repositioning surgery that ended his season. And he's, you know, an electric he's got electric stuff when he's on. Yeah, I think if you started the year right now, if you had to name one closer to say, absolutely, this is my closer right now, it'd probably be Soria, just because of the fact that he's got experience, too, quite a bit of experience is closing. And, you know, Jones is playing catch right now, but probably hasn't gone full force off the mound. So you don't know exactly where he's standing. He's supposed to be ready for the season, but you got to see it, you know, to move forward. But I think Nate's a key guy down there. And I think adding Avilan is a good guy because he's very good against left-handers. They have some good mixes down there. You know, this kid Vieira they got from Seattle can throw the ball 100 miles an hour. They have, along with Avila, they have Aaron Bummer and Jace Fry, left-hander. So, again, Rick Hahn, I don't know if, you know, they don't have a Mariano Rivera closing. I guess who does when it comes down to it, but they have a lot of options for Ricky Renteria, the White Sox manager, for kind of late-inning high-leverage opportunities with these guys. And really, ultimately, as we've seen, Darwin, over the years, the last couple of years, I would say, the bullpen has changed, you know, your closer still gets the saves in the ninth, but your best pitcher might be pitching out of a bases loaded jam in the sixth and then working the seventh.
0: Absolutely. So it's not
1: so much about having that lockdown guy in the ninth and then, you know, piecemealing it together. It's kind of having that, that depth from the sixth, maybe even the fifth to the ninth inning And the Sox are, you know, starting to gradually build that a little bit.
0: Yeah. And sometimes you can see that develop in, in spring training as well, a name or two kind right. of comes out of nowhere and you say, wow. Okay. Well, I mean, I,
1: not to I'll give you an example. Last year, you know, uh, if Juan Manaya doesn't get hurt before the end of spring training, Juan Manaya who ended up closing for the Sox last year, and will be a part of the bullpen this year, Anthony Swarzak probably doesn't break camp with the team. He probably goes to Charlotte. Right. Anthony Swarzak ended up being as valuable as a reliever as the Sox had last year, traded to Milwaukee, had a great year, signed a two-year $14 million deal with the Mets. So, yeah, you, you never know. There's always a guy who comes up. You know, Zach Putnam was that guy a few years ago who comes up in spring training and, you know, he keeps getting through the cuts, and you're like, oh, he's still here in camp. And the next thing you know, he breaks camp on the team, and he has a good year for the team.
0: <laughs> right, yeah, sometimes you just don't know. And as we wrap up here, Scott, MLB continuing with its rookie career development program. It took place right. last weekend. Outfielder Micah Adolfo taking part in that. MLB Pipeline's Jim Callis caught up with Adolfo at last weekend's rookie career development program, and here's what he had to say.
2: Uh, Micah, with the rookie career development program, how much did you know about it before you were told you'd be coming here, and how much do you think it'll help you? when you get up to the big league level?
3: Um, I heard about it from a couple guys that, uh, that I played with before, you know, and uh, we did tryouts and stuff. And they told me it was a really good program. And when the White Sox selected me to come here, I was very honored. And uh, I think it's going to be very helpful because I'm learning a lot of things that, that I think are going to come in handy in the future.
2: How important was 2017 to you from a developmental standpoint? I mean, I I, I do our White Sox prospect stuff, and I've talked to them about you for a few years, and it was always, boy, if we could just keep him healthy, we would really think he'd take off. And and you stayed healthy, and you had a a really good year, and then you went to the Dominican Instructional Program. How much do you think just staying healthy
3: last year you know, and getting some at-bats just really helped you develop? I think it uh, really helped me develop, develop really good, you know, that was always the, the major key, being able to stay healthy, and being able, to be in a, being, able, being able to do that this year, it helped me a lot, you know, progressing and moving forward. And uh, I can't help but uh, thank all the coaches in the Chicago White Sox organization, all conditioning and strength coach, for uh, like set, helping me set up a, a nice program that would keep me on the field and let me do my job day by day
2: i ask you to pretend you're a scout for a second. Uh, I haven't seen Luis Robert play in person yet, but I heard he was down Dominican Instructs, and I know he's in the Dominican Summer League this summer. How good did he look? I mean, we've heard that he's kind of like the the best Cuban since Yohan Moncada. How impressed
3: were you when you saw him? I was very impressed. His, uh, his first at-bat, of the Dominican Instructs, was a home run. First pitch he saw. He cleared the trees. It was probably a like 430 feet. Jeez. But the guy's a specimen. He he can field, he can hit, he can run, he can throw, everything, you know, and he plays hard. So he's a really good fit for the White Sox, and uh, I love to be playing next to him someday in Chicago.
2: Yeah, that probably could happen I think, <laughs> a couple of years down the road. We've been asking everybody a couple of fun questions. What uniform number do you wear, and, and why do
3: you choose that number? I wear number 27, and uh, because of Vladimir Guerrero, that's my favorite baseball player.
2: Okay. And then, uh, do you have a celebrity lookalike? Is there anybody people say you kind of look like? uh... (laughs) Andre
3: 3000. Okay. (laughs) I get that all the time.
2: Maybe a little bigger.
3: Yeah.
0: What's been the progress of Adolfo, and uh, what type of player do we see in him?
1: Mikers I can tell you right away, he's a great kid. I mean, I think if he can stay healthy and harness the immense skills that he has and get to the majors, he's going to be a star in Chicago because, just a very outgoing kid. I was one, I did probably one of the first interviews with him during the instructional league, right after he signed that same year, he signed as a 16 year old. And I remember a couple of kids asked him for an autograph on the backfield of by Ranch, And he was just in shock that someone actually wanted his autograph, a very humble kid. I mean, has really developed physically since he got there was kind of a skinny young kid at that point, And now, you know, a power hitting outfielder and he had his first real healthy year last year, although he kind of had a, Hand issue at the end, they cut his season short, but great arm, solid defensive player, good power, and just a great kid. So I think he's you know, he's he's probably a little under the radar in terms of the top four or five prospects, but right there and will you know, is is in the mix for what shapes out to be a very strong White Sox outfield of the future.
0: Scott Merkin joining us. Scott, thanks very much as always for the time. Great stuff, my friend. Happy New Year. We'll talk to you again soon as the season approaches. I'm Darwin okay, Zook. Thanks, Darwin. Absolutely. And thanks for tuning in on MLB.com Extras.